What has your life on Hi-Fi? Understanding who I am has my life on Hi-Fi. You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast. And I'm your host, Dominic Justina. I'm a 20-something who was very self-conscious and insecure. But I've decided that I am never going back. It really doesn't matter if I create a masterpiece or not. It doesn't matter who likes it. As long as I'm enjoying the process, that's all that matters. Follow me as we talk about relationships, love, purpose, passion, you name it. Focusing on what you have versus what you don't have uh, can be a huge game changer. A public expression of freedom is just, I don't know, like, it was so, 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 so liberating for me. Do what you have to do. Yeah. Take some time off if you need to. But when all is said and done, you got to keep moving forward. Let's commit to living our best lives together, shall we? Hi, hi. Welcome to another episode of Life on Hi-Fi. Today, I'm going to share a fun story. You know, when I was 17, I moved from Jamaica to New York. This was my, I guess, my first major move. And so I was scared and excited at the same time. I remember on the first day just seeing all these new faces and feeling slightly overwhelmed, trying to push that down. Uh, My mother came with me on the first day to campus. But, you know, by the time we said our goodbyes, I was crying my eyes out. Six years later, I'm here in Toronto and I've grown more comfortable with the unknown. And I thank God for the creative potential he's blessed me with and the people around me and the cool people I've met along the way. One of which I invited for today's life on Hi-Fi Conversation, Miss Shireen Taylor. Shireen has transitioned into being the founder, editor-in-chief and publisher of her own publication called Bashi Magazine. Her work has been featured in Shondaland, BuzzFeed, Vice, Pitchfork, Bitch Media, and the list continues to grow. On top of all this, she's only 25 years old. So without further ado, let's dive in. It's been so hard to get a hold of you recently. <laughs> um, I've been a very busy girl. <laughs> yeah, and I, I respect and I love your grind. Can you just describe for people listening, what is Bashi? Yeah, so Bashi is a quarterly digital and print publication made by and for Jamaica and its diaspora. Um, So we have four sections in our magazine and like online, which is culture, music, style and arts. And we are trying to allow people to see and understand Jamaica beyond what they know um, and while also being inclusive of those things, I love adding nuance to things. I just trying to add a different dimension or a different way of understanding why we do the things that we do, how we do the things that we do. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping that Bashi can be that if it if it's not that already. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a very bold and creative role to, to take just with your magazine. And um, I'm curious to know, like... What what does your team consist of? Who are the people working with you and their relationship with Jamaica? Like who are telling these narratives? Right. So we have contributors. The contributors are from like literally all over, but like mostly our contributors have been from the U.S., U.K. and um, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those seem to be like the, the targets that were like that were hitting the most, and which would make sense because that's where our largest diasporas exist. Um, our masthead though is comprised of people who live between those three spaces as well. Right. In Jamaica, we have our graphics editor and our like 
culture slash Jamaica regional editor. Um, in the States, we have our style editor, um, our U.S. regional editor, and our New York editor because there's, like, <laughs> Jamaica New York is, like, it's a, right. a huge area. <laughs> yep. In. in Canada, we have our managing editor, our illustrations editor, our music editor, and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're located in different parts of Canada. We're located in different parts of the city. Yeah. They're located in different parts of where they live. And then we also have our UK editor as well. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to, for us in the places that we exist the most, or like the regions of the world where we exist the most is to have like somebody there sort of like covering, um, that area and, and mm-hmm. sort of just like mini manage, uh, the contributors that come from those areas as well. Well, I like the diversity of your team so far. And it's really important to have all of those different perspectives because I think being on the island, it's hard to see firsthand just how impactful. I mean, we know that Jamaican culture is impactful, but to to really experience how it translates in different countries is is, like so different than just Mm -hmm. being on the island. So I think that having all those perspectives and definitely still remaining authentic it's powerful. It's very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I wanted to ask you first and foremost, uh, were you always a writer? Did you always want to become a writer? No, like absolutely not. Um, so like, <laughs> um, I think like my first, like, I, I should take that back. We okay. write all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, um, I guess it's just like being more intentional with your writing. Mm-hmm. So, I think I want to say around grade 12, I took this creative writing class and I had such a good time. When I got to university, when I was at a, like a student at U of T, I had a really difficult time finding my footing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I originally got accepted into the classics program, which was only a minor. So I had to find um, either a double major to do or a specialist, or find another minor plus a major. I didn't take a year off. I was academically suspended. And it was, like, a really difficult thing. But honestly, like, the time off that I had was, like, the time I did, like, the most growing. Right. In in my opinion. So during that time, I stopped and I started doing music journalism. So I would go to, like, local shows and, like, I would just cover or, like, do a review um, with this, like, uh, blog. Um, when I came back, I was like, oh, I really like I really like doing music journalism. So I started doing that for a little bit. Um, and then I want to say around 2015, that was when there was like this like resurgence. Um, this is an air quotes for like folks who are listening. This resurgence of dance hall um, in music. And then we saw that with like uh, Justin Bieber and Sorry and stuff like that. And like, and um, to be, hold on, and to be more clear, resurgence of dance hall in popular music here, right? In popular music, right, yeah. right, right. So, um, so, I had a really difficult time with people saying that dance hall was coming back or like <laughs> how dance hall was packaged as this like brand new thing or yeah. like, um, and mostly that it wasn't coming from anybody that had any connections or was not like a Jamaican. Like that was a huge problem for me. Mm-hmm. So the very first, like, I want to see like pop culture criticism piece that I wrote was published. I want to say in 2016, um on noisy that was like my very first like like uh 
real like music cultural related piece Mm -hmm. um before that um, I had been doing like small like smaller blogs um and it it was definitely a way for me to make money on the side while I was a student because I was also living alone Mm -hmm. that piece that I wrote I had only like pitched once like it wasn't responded to I was like oh my god like I'm terrible I should never do this ever again shout out to like my editors at the time uh, like Jabari and Sarah they really walked me through how to um just get my prose in order but yeah I want to say maybe around like 2015 to 2016 I started to like really take it seriously and and like just go out and write and commit to it and find it you're grounding basically in it yeah yeah um question for noisy so you were a contributor you were an intern like how how did that work what's your relationship with them yeah I sort of like started off as like a freelance writer and then an intern and then now I'm just like a regular contributor another like really great thing was that I had amazing editors along the way that really gave me the confidence that I need to continue writing so I continued doing like freelance writing and then I think the next year they there was like an internship for the same uh vertical advice um which is noisy so I was like I should definitely apply so I applied Um, I was accepted, like I did so many amazing things. Like I'm very, very grateful for my time at Vice that allowed me to grow as a writer, but like also just like as a a media maker. Yeah. And you know what? I really do respect that process just because I feel like you got the the support that you needed to do (laughs) what you're doing now. Thank you. What did you do to translate all of that energy into being an entrepreneur? I really love what I do and I really feel like there's a need for it to be done so that's sort of what motivates me Mm -hmm. um, to continue to do it and I also just have like a really amazing group of like colleagues that I work with and also a really great support system that are like always there to lift me up help me understand what it is that I'm doing right and support support is so important I feel like sometimes we feel alone like we have to be doing all this all by ourselves and be perfect at it but having that support system and just being able to do what you've done so far which is embracing the trial and error and the fact that it's okay to make mistakes as long as you're propelling forward and learning from them I've messed up so many times Mm -hmm. or what I've categorized as a fail like I failed a lot um, and I fall a lot. I'm so extra because then I like l- like live tweet my like my breakdowns. I'm like, oh my god, this is so terrible. Uh, everybody like publicly mourn with like <laughs> with, while I'm going through this very terrible thing. Like I'm a, I'm really a mess. So that's why I like to open with the fact that I'm like human. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not always going to succeed at what I do, and I'm not always going to hit the mark every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being very grateful of the folks who are like also on this journey with me, and like being open to that. Things are not going to always go as planned. Yeah. Uh, around two years ago, I was working at the Underground, which is like the University of Toronto Scarborough campuses. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Publication. Yeah, I was a contributor. Um, and then I applied the following year to be the arts and life editor. And then I applied the following year to be the editor in chief, which was like an entirely different experience in and of itself. Yeah. Um, that's really, why, that's when I met you. Well, did I meet I, you there? Yeah. Well, I feel like we met like before, we probably but, but we actually spoke, spoke. Cause I remember submitting an article about mental right. health. Yeah. Really great article for our, for the black history month issue. But, um, I really enjoyed at the end of like this really hard month, like having this one piece of like tangible thing that I could look back at. And I was like, wow, like this is something that myself and like the other contributors made. 
And I was like, yeah, I think I want to do this like full time. Um, being a young entrepreneur yourself, is there anything that you'd like to encourage young creatives or aspiring entrepreneurs to do who feel like they don't know how to start? Yeah, um, I know a, a big problem for a lot of creative entrepreneurs is access to resources. There's a director that um, I really, really like. So his name is 300K, right? When he first started doing filming, he was like recording on his iPhone. Like he was making these high quality short films on his iPhone. And like, if I never, if he never said that to me, I would have never known. But whatever you immediately have access to right now are the tools that you have. And I feel like you can really test your strength as a creative and as a creative person to see what you can make from what you immediately have access to. Because if a product is good, it's good. Like just and even when you do have high end quality or sorry, high end equipment, that doesn't always mean quality, right? Mm-hmm. Creative is a creative is a creative that is going to shine through regardless. It, and so it's easier said than done. But whatever stage you're currently at, like like push, really really push and really really do what you can with what you have until you get to where you need to be. And remember that you're creative because you're able to look at things. Mm-hmm and imagine a whole new purpose for it exactly yeah you know what was said to me recently yeah don't focus on the what and the how Mm -hmm. focus on the why that has really helped to shift things into perspective Mm -hmm. so if you do have a dream a big dream or several focus on the why and then things will start feeling a lot more achievable absolutely and yeah, a lot of the times, like, it, it seems like it can be, like, the end of the road. Like, that's a natural feeling. Creating content and, like, creating in general is very consuming. It takes a lot out of one person. Yeah. So, like, pacing yourself, understanding that everyone's journey looks differently, but seeing what you have immediately available to you and saying, like, what can I make of this? Like, how can I use this to my advantage? Like, what is the power that I have in this? And how can I, like, make it even more powerful with what I'm about to create? What do you do in order to remain in a space of not just creativity, but also productivity? Like, do you ever get writer's block? Oh, girl, all the time. I live in it. Like, I live in writer's block. Like, right at the corner of writer's and block. Like, that's where my house is. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I've started doing is, like, as soon as I have an idea to write it down. And it doesn't have to be, like, a full idea. Like, just an idea. And then visiting it later, I used to be very like rigid of how I saw my own process. Sometimes it's not going to come to you all in a day. So like what I'll start doing now is if I have an idea, I'll just write down words. It doesn't have to be a sentence. It doesn't have to be anything, just words and ideas. And then um, I'll leave it alone and then I'll revisit it another day and then I'll, I'll have more value to add to it. Yeah. So basically pacing yourself. Yeah, basically. And timing. Timing is interesting because... We're not on everybody else's timing. No. We have our own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have our own journey. And so by looking at what Tom, Dick, and Harry are doing, mm-hmm. that's not going to indicate the way you are supposed to do it. Absolutely not. It, exactly. Everybody has their own way. So that's good. That's good advice. I like yeah. that. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, so last but definitely not least... In this present moment, who is Shireen? How would you describe her to somebody that you're connecting with for the first time? Um, human first, extra loud, diasporic Jamaican second, um, and like writer, media maker, creative individual third. Mm-hmm. 
and um, that I'm really, really passionate about allowing people to see and understand how Jamaican cultural production and like by extension Caribbean cultural production is made yeah and I see all your your work all the panels you've been a part of um and it's it's crazy (laughs) my work is so bound up in identity and so bound up into who and what I am I'm like totally okay with embracing it as one holistic you're doing good things thank you i appreciate that if you enjoyed that conversation please head over to itunes or apple podcast and google play to subscribe you can also follow life on hi-fi on twitter instagram or facebook at life on hi-fi now i can't leave without sharing shireen's information because my girl is loudest on twitter at s h that's s-h-h-a-r-i-n-e her magazine also lives on its own website at bashimagazine.com as usual stay gucci stay fly and keep creating